and welcome to The Motion Picture, a podcast where two very grown adults pitch sequels to movies that, well, just any movie really, right? Yeah, I don't see why not. <laughs> There's no limits here. There's no rules. Yeah, as you said, we're very grown people. So, like super grown adults. Yeah. Very, very grown men. And we, if we want a sequel, we'll pitch it, man. We don't give a shit. Yeah, we'll do it. We're crazy. Any fucking any movie. Give us some any. Give us any movie. We'll pitch you a sequel. Even if it's on. Even if it's a TV show, I will pitch you. I'll pitch you a movie version of it or some kind of spinoff. This is a fantastic amount of confidence for our second episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. It is. It is episode two, and I'm getting way ahead of myself. Yeah, it's dial it back, Joe Hollywood. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Episode two. So this. This episode, we're doing uh, the 2002 <laughs> classic. Absolute classic. Ghost Ship. <laughs> I'm laughing from joy. It's just like, it's, <laughs> it's so good. It's, I, I, I guess it's only the second episode, but people are going to eventually learn if, uh, you know, they stay, stay with us. I love bad movies. Oh, yeah. Like, I love great movies, but I love a good bad movie. There's nothing better than... Uh, kicking back with a whiskey and a horrible horrible movie it's oh, like yeah. comfort food yeah i couldn't watch this on my own i don't think this is like mm. the sort of movie that you need to watch with um like a friend or like a group of people where you can just like laugh out loud and just like yell at the screen like that that's a that's a good evening to me that's time well spent yeah 100 percent. that's a that's a great saturday night if you ask me yeah absolutely all right um Trinko, tell me what the movie's about so ghost ship the uh, the plot is that a salvage crew is told about an uninhabited passenger ship lost in 1962 uh, in the, the Bering Sea. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, however, they soon realize something is amiss after many paranormal activities are observed. observed. Um, and I think the key here is after many paranormal activities. <laughs> I think it's safe to assume that from the title... It's ghosts. It's ghosts that are the activities, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can every time I like I hear the title "ghost ship," all I can think of is Wiggum just say, "It's a ghost car." <laughs> <laughs> uh, the iconic scene from The Simpsons. Um, yeah. So, so that's the the general plot, and it's like that in itself on paper is like primo horror, like unintentional comedy to me right like that is all the ingredients you require for like a movie that is like acceptable enough to be like we we can just throw a whole bunch of horror movie tropes into that and we've got ourselves like a a feature film yeah 100 i I think that ghost ship exists in a really weird time where not a lot of effort was put into horror movies (laughs) i feel like it was just um like i think it's funny right because when i when i was a kid and i saw this it was a 2002, so I would have been, um, what, like 12? No, 13. I would have been 13. Mm. Um, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky. Spooky. Yeah. Um, but to me, this, like, even like the opening scene, right? Mm. Um, so, so the movie opens with, um, it, it shows the, the, the titular ghost ship uh, <laughs> uh, before it is the titular ghost ship just when it's ship just, yeah just yeah. when it's ship <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know there's people on it that it's it's from like what the 60s yeah well there seems to be like oh yeah well sorry so it goes missing in 62 so 62. i think it's gotcha. I assume it's 62 and there's um so not to cut you off but even just like in that opening sequence where we have the title like there is clearly like a, a reference to like the love boat sort of thing with the title you know like it's a funky upbeat music uh the the titles in nice pink cursive writing mm. so yeah you know what you're in for yeah 100 percent. when i saw that opening scene as a kid and um they're all dancing on the deck and then this something triggers the a wire to um to fling across the dance floor and basically chop everyone in half that like when i was a kid that scared the shit out of me dude like like, like, I think maybe it was just that the CGI looked better when when we were young. Like, to to be fair, like, uh, I agree. Like, it's pretty. If it wasn't for that initial, um, almost sort of self aware 
parody intro with like you know the love boat mm. reference and stuff like that um the act itself that you just mentioned is like pretty grim man like mm. it's pretty fucked up like it's like final destination shit yeah, yeah yeah and it's not so much that the i mean the act itself is gruesome but i think it's the the fact that you then watch this <laughs> dance floor of people slide into two pieces <laughs> yeah. like it's gross it's it's pretty grim yeah it's pretty grim but there is definitely a corniness to it now that I didn't pick up when I was younger but because I now have so much more reference to draw from yeah it's it is amazing how like desensitized you become as you get older yeah. because I I've mentioned this to you before like I growing up was never I could not do anything remotely scary like even now you made me watch um hereditary which is like arguably like very scary and i spent the entire time like cracking jokes just to make myself feel comfortable and just annoy the shit out of, with, out of everyone else watching it with me yeah and when yeah. i watched midsummer i spent it stretching because i needed something to take my mind off what was like <laughs> what i was watching but yeah the, the prospect of watching something like ghost ship when i was young was no way i would never do that and I, I think that comes back to my first experience with horror which was event horizon mm. which was like a really traumatic thing for me like i and i just equated all scary movies and horror movies with like that sort of intensity and you know fear and so i didn't come to these sort of this these sort of movies for a long time sure but i'm glad i have now yeah it's funny you bring up event horizon actually and I'm, I'll, I'll come back to that later oh um Ooh. But yeah, it, it, it's funny, like movies that existed in that time, that early 2000s, I would say like 2000 through to maybe like 2005, 2006, mm -hmm. they were all very much, they had a certain element of corn to them. Mm. And they also all had like new metal soundtracks. Yeah. This one included. So Ghost Ship has um, a Mudvayne song. And I guess like me and Trinko, I've, I've grown up listening to, to that kind of stuff, mm. like heavy music. Um. So it's like one of those things was like instantly recognizable as, oh shit, that's Mudvayne. But it's just funny how so many movies at that time had just, they had like a whole, they had like a whole soundtrack that you could buy in the shops on CD and it was just packed full of metal songs. Yeah. And I, something about that just really is just so weird to me because you would not find that now. No. And I, I personally am glad that that is the case because <laughs> I, I just, I personally just cannot stand it when like, metal or rock or like anything in that general like admittedly large genre is used as a soundtrack in a film i don't know why it's it just feels really cheap to me and i have to imagine that's kind of some of the reasoning behind it like maybe it's just really it's like a lot cheaper to just be like just buy a song that already exists but like rock music or heavy music anything in that sort of vein just i don't think it works no i think that's what makes this I mean, it's probably maybe it's perfect for this movie. Maybe it's good that like it's in Ghost Ship because it's a bit of a piss take. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, another movie that did that was House on Haunted Hill. Oh, did you I see that? Seen that actually, no. Maybe we'll have to do that for one of these episodes because yeah. it's it's a, it's a similar vein of horror where it's like it's kind of a bit much, but there is an element of like it's a little bit spooky. And it also uses um, Marilyn Manson's version of Sweet Dreams. Sweet dreams are made of these. Oh man! And it's it like closes out in the credits. Yeah. It's just like oh, okay, right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's yeah. You know what it is. That's that to me is like Ghost Ship uses it throughout the film, but I think yeah, you've sort of hit the nail on the head there in terms of that period of of like horror movies where the final uh, scene where it cuts to credits. It like yeah, hits like some industrial metal music or something yeah. like that just like starts blaring all of a sudden and that to me is just very funny yeah. like I just yeah. think it's really funny it's funny in the way that at the time it was like no this is normal kind of like how new metal was whereas if you listen to new metal now it's kind of like oh okay pretty yeah. corny guys yeah Limp yeah. Biscuit. all right bro yeah, yeah. <laughs> like dan andrews is not coming out for his like morning briefing to yeah. you know system yeah. of a down or something like that yeah. maybe he should like i'd actually that'd be cool system uh. of a down was a bad example maybe pod yeah definitely <laughs> pod had its fair share of um movie movie appearances it was in that rollerball movie Roll, was that this call? So it was a movie with roller skates, and it was like an extreme sport, <laughs> and they were in it. Yeah, this is. I am so excited 
for this podcast purely just so that I get to see movies like this. Oh yeah, like that is that, that pays for it. For me completely, <laughs> that is worth it. It is hundred percent worth it. But back back to back to the ghost ship. I yeah, I actually wanted to. Um, so last uh, time when we did Waterworld, we did the plot summary, but we also then had like the little sort of. It wasn't a review, I guess, but it was like a, a description of the film that I personally thought was like, this is the way you describe this film. Gotcha. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. I did find another one because um, thank thank God Google doesn't just give you what you ask for. It gives you a whole bunch of other shit as well. And more. And more, yeah. <laughs> Plus, it takes everything that you own away from you as well. Oh, yeah. The scenes. Um, but yeah, so um, in in you know searching for the summary for Ghost Ship and looking for some information and stuff about it, came across a couple of reviews, like a couple of one-liners. The one that stood out to me, which I think is just great, uh, is one line. It just says, "Ghost Ship has virtually no redeeming qualities." <laughs> and that to me, Ugh. if you've seen Ghost Ship, is the equivalent of when. Um, music particularly like metal and rock music was forced to put that warning language sticker yeah. on, on the, like their album uh on their cds which the people who implemented that were like yeah this will this will fuck them over like we're gonna stop them now and all the bands were like yes put that on my album because now people will really want it yeah 100 it, it was that, like a branding thing almost yeah absolutely yeah. it was like this is something that your parents don't want you yeah. To like listen to. To me, Ghost Ship has virtually no redeeming qualities. That's the tagline for the poster right there. Like <laughs> yeah. If I saw the poster for this movie, which is literally like a big skull superimposed into the hull of a boat, and it says Ghost Ship above it, and then like underneath, like in smaller text, it says, has virtually no redeeming qualities. <laughs> I'm buying a fucking ticket. I'm buying a whole row. Like, that is amazing. It's, it's funny. It's one of those movies that does exactly what it says on the tin as well. Like yeah. you, you get it's a ghost ship. It's a ghost. Ship. It's a ship full of ghosts, <laughs> and and you yeah you know, like and it it follows that same cookie cutter mentality of horror movies where it's like ah uh, we we're going out to get this boat and it's a big score yeah and it's a it's it's almost too good to be true but oh no there's a couple of problems yeah uh, I, maybe I, we should leave the oh no it's too good to be true let's just we'll get it done and we'll go straight away I think this is part of the the, the like the secret genius of this film is that um they obviously were doing this intentionally as like a bit of a tongue-in-cheek film right like this is it's not a serious movie true Um, yes as you said it's loaded with like every horror trope under the sun like everything is in there like you've got the i mean you know it's still very gruesome and things like that but um and you just rattled off a few of them there like um there's like ghosts and they for some reason they all split up to search the boat <laughs> yeah like, yeah immediately yeah. like immediately and one of my favorite parts during this is maybe we're getting too far ahead of ourselves but um one of my favorite parts in that sequence is like they go off in pairs and split up and then those pairs end up splitting up again somehow so that everyone's eventually alone and one of the reasons that like one of the couples split up during the search is because one of them is the captain of the salvage vessel that um you know finds the ship and he walks down a corridor and stops because there's a sign on the wall that says like i think it's italian or something like that or spanish captain's quarters and they don't even exchange there's no conversation he just stares at him at the you know the captain just stares at this guy until the guy sees the sign on the wall and he's just like ah (laughs) and he just walks the other way yeah, like there's no, there's no effort at all. Like, yeah, totally. Like, ah, like they're all split up now. We did it. It's funny that there's a part in that in that scene where he walks in because it's like the captain of the tugboat as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. The tugboat. Yeah. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole thing's a big tugboat, huh? <laughs> yeah. I'm tugboat captain. <laughs> um, but he goes in there and there's like there's that bottle of scotch and like a glass of scotch on the table and he just picks it up and he's going to drink it. Yeah, that scotch is real old, dude. Yeah, yeah. That, that You're just gonna take a well. sip? Yeah, I think I, I've got. I want to talk about that as well. But before we do that, I just want to. Um, obviously, if you have seen it, you'll know what we're talking about. If you haven't seen it, I just want to give a quick rundown of like uh, the how they get to this ghost ship. Um, so 
you've got uh, an array of, of actors. Some, uh, a, a lot of them, you like, you look at and you're like, oh, I, I've seen you before. Yeah. No idea who you are though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. sort of like they're all they're they're all Steve Buscemi before anyone knew who Steve Buscemi was. <laughs> yeah, you know, like yeah, you'd yeah. See Steve Buscemi, be like, oh, it's the dude with the teeth yeah. and the eyes. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's how I'm going to describe Steve Buscemi from yeah, now. On. Yeah, the guy with the teeth and the eyes. I think I've seen that on one of his movie posters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we start with like um, obviously that gruesome opening scene and and. The, the little girl mm. I'd like to point out, like to sort of shout out uh, Emily Browning. Australian, right? Australian yeah. actress, actor, I should say. Um, yeah, so, you know, nice. She's English for whatever reason in the movie. Mm. We don't worry about that. She does a good job though, I thought. Oh no, she does, she does a fine English accent. Yeah. I don't remember with that. I just, I just want an Australian actor to be Australian yeah. in, a, in an American film for once. Yeah, totally. Instead of anything but <laughs> and then yeah. like Americans doing Australian accents because they can't do it no it's horrible Terrible. It's, it's it's a butchery yeah when, it hurts to yeah. listen to um, it's probably how every other nationality feels when they watch American films yeah um, butchery is a word right sounds great <laughs> I feel like I, I I'm uh, sounds like a boutique butcher butchery yeah yeah Let's roll with it. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's we'll, we'll submit that word. to the dictionary. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Um, but yeah, so basically, like, it, just going with the tropes in this film, because there's, like, so many, as we've mentioned, like, mm. we start with this gruesome scene, there's, like, an awful death that occurs, um, and then we cut to present day, and it's the introduction of the salvage crew, and these are our team of, of protagonists and heroes that we follow through for the rest of the, uh, for the, rest of the film. And... Like a lot of these sort of films, not even just horror films, but like action films or anything sort of like big budget, like popcorn movie, they're always um, a group of, they're like a real motley crew of um, unique, different characters and, and sensibilities, all really strong willed and then, you know, alpha male, sorry, alpha male or female, like alpha personalities, you know. Um, and they always have like a weirdly specific skill. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's obviously like a lot of like cop movies and, and, and stuff like that. But the ones that I like are, are ones like this, where they're like boat salvages. Yeah. And like, they somehow turn this into this rock star, like skill set lifestyle. Like they're shouting to each other onto like radios. There's not enough time. Like, no, I'm going to patch the hole. And it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it's really extreme. There's like, they use flares for everything. Like, oh yeah. Just, people are just throwing flares out. Like I'm going to solder something. Um, <laughs> and then we, you know, we cut to like, they, they save the day in this very small window of like, they're trying to float something. I don't know what's got, what the fuck's going on, but they're salvaging something. Right. And then we cut to the bar scene. And this is like, this is where they really shine because we start to see their personalities as like outside of the work environment, but still within the team, you know, like, hey, I, like we've got Ka- uh, Keith, uh, Keith Urban. We've got Carl Urban. <laughs> Man, Keith Urban would have been a real treat. Oh, damn right. Like Carl Urban, um, you know, younger, maybe before people knew who Carl Urban was, but like, you know, he obviously goes on to become quite a name. We also have a guy who is 100% we couldn't afford Owen Wilson. Um <laughs> <laughs> but he plays a character called Dodge, who's actually played by Ron Eldard. Um, right. And I don't mean to sound terrible. He's actually in another movie called Sleepers, which is fantastic. Oh, I remember Sleepers. Yeah. yeah great yeah. movie. Totally different to Ghost Ship. Oh, like black and white. Yeah. If yeah. he got hired for Sleepers off Ghost Ship, Kudos. he's instantly my hero. Yeah. That's amazing. They're like, <laughs> what have you done before that has anything to do with like, you know, intense PTSD? And they're like, I was on a ghost ship, <laughs> and they're like done. Um, so anyway, we get to like we get to meet everyone. Um, their captain is Captain Sean Murph Murphy. Classic, yeah. Uh, played by Gabriel Byrne. Um, my favorite thing about the captain because obviously, like they rally around the captain. Like whatever the captain says goes. Like they'll they'll like they'll argue a little bit. Oh yeah, but the captain has the final say. Of course, yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's what a good ship. That's what a good ship does, right? That's right. That's what a good salvage a chain, crew a chain does. of command. Yeah, a chain of command. Yeah, the, the mechanics of the sea. Yeah, for like broken down wrecks on the side of the road that no one actually wants to 100%. restore. But um, uh, yeah, one of my favorite things about the captain uh, is his neckerchief. <laughs> he he does wear a neckerchief. Yeah, yeah. And the entire time, 
I couldn't take him seriously because he looks like Fred from Scooby Doo. <laughs> He's like uh, it's almost the exact same one. Looks like a border collie. Yeah, <laughs> he looks really cute. He's just being groomed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this you know this crew was approached by a mystery man, really sort of timid person in the bar. He's like, hey, I got a picture of this boat. Found it. Like it's just you know it needs to be salvaged, and uh, he basically convinces them to like take him with them, and they go to salvage this boat. There's potentially a lot of well, there's potentially a lot of financial incentive to to take the risk, even though they've just gotten back after like six months at sea or something like that. Just to clarify here, because mm. I, 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 I did watch this the other day, but I'm, I I forget now where this man comes from, this 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 mysterious man. Ah, does he just show up in the bar? Is he's he just, just like I couldn't over, I couldn't help but overhear you talking about salvaging a ship? Yeah, he's he's just in the bar. Like I don't, I think he's just at the bar near and and like their table. The crew is just sitting at a table that's near the bar, so he's sort of like there in the background. I actually can't remember initially how he approaches them or like what the initial proposition is, but something to the effect of like he kind of knows who they are or like mm. at least what they do. So he's like, oh, you know, you guys are the right people to talk to. And he just has like this black and white photo. I was going to say, he's got like a satellite image, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's got like some pretty specific stuff, Um, which obviously all becomes clear in the end as to how he got his hands on this stuff. But uh, yeah, the initial interaction is a bit like, all right, like not a lot of thought has gone here. Just be at the bar, show them a photo. They'll have like some like vague conversation about whether they should do it or not. Uh, everyone's motivations becomes clear like Carl Urban is all about just like yeah let's do the money man and then um, uh, some of them are just like you know like do it for the job um, so they they all go they all decide to go out there um, and basically so like essentially this is we've got ourselves a haunted Titanic situation yeah haunted, I love that yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the like the driving force behind this someone was like Titanic was cool but instead of like a romance ghost <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 haunted titanic i like that yeah that makes so much sense yeah like it's it's like i think someone's just sort of like this is like perfect for this genre of movie mm, haunted mm. titanic not the actual titanic not clive palmer's titanic <laughs> just like a random boat will make up its own history there um but yeah, so uh, without dragging out too much, they get into the boat and then obviously yeah, they start splitting up and searching the boat and things like that. But I wanted to come back, uh, obviously a long segue there, but I wanted to come back to the scene you were mentioning before about the captain goes into the captain's lodge or office or whatever the fuck it is. And uh, yeah, there's just a glass. Everything's covered in dust. Yeah. It's been there since the 60s. It's so dusty. Like at least 40 years or something like that. And But there's this crystal glass perfectly clean with like neat like whiskey in there and yeah you're right he just picks it up and is about to drink it yeah but there's no like why yeah there's no explanation for that and you know that would i mean i know it's a ghost ship and maybe it was ghost whiskey but <laughs> if you if you leave whiskey out for like even just a couple of days it basically just like all the alcohol evaporates and it just becomes like juice like sludge <laughs> Right, okay. Like it, it becomes like a sludge, like it, like it becomes a oh, cool. basically like a caramelled sludgy. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. But oh, it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't look like what it looks like. It but looks too good. As I said, who knows what scotch looks like on a ghost ship. That's true. We yeah. we've gone too deep here. Yeah. Maybe the ghost captain poured it just before he came in the room. True, true. A good host. Maybe out a fresh bottle hanging yeah. out. Yeah. Who am I to say, you know? There's very big... The the one thing to take away, though, from that whole sequence is, like, they borrowed from The Shining big time. Yeah, totally. The only thing missing was, obviously, like, the ghost captain is, like, the ghost bartender from The Shining, and then, like, you know, Scooby-Doo captain <laughs> is, is obviously the Jack Nicholson. <laughs> the only thing that's missing is the ghost captain saying uh, saying things like, you need to correct him. <laughs> yeah. so, yes. I like the way he says that. You could... Oh, fuck, I would love to see a Scooby-Doo version of Ghost Ship. <laughs> it would be it works, Actually, like, the more I think about it, the more it works yeah. so well. Yeah. I I'd think, get away for it if it wasn't for you old meddling tugboaters. <laughs> yeah, I think there's ample opportunities for like a jinkies to be thrown around as well. Like There is... I'm not sure about a dog. I think I just, I'd feel bad for the dog. Don't do that. 
Yeah, no, you wouldn't want to get Don't a dog, a dog. I get too, I'd, I'd be emotionally invested then. No, no, I just want to see a bunch of like mystery van lunatics with neckerchiefs. Yeah, salvaging this boat. Yeah, that's what you want. That's okay. what the people want. It is what the that and Mudvayne. The people want Mudvayne. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that took me back. I used to be a massive Mudvayne fan. Like, huge. Maybe that's the appeal. Maybe they were just like, you know, when this um, this movie gets to a certain age, people like us will come back to it mm. by accident or on purpose. And we'll be like, oh, shit. Like, new metal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, until then, all I get is... Uh, Couple of idiots tearing it apart on their <laughs> second-rate podcast. That's right. Yeah, man. If Mudvayne hear this, they're going to be devastated. Oh, I'm gonna feel, I feel bad already. Oh man, what a band! Um, yeah, absolutely. It would have been good if they featured in the movie as ghosts or something. Fuck, I'd take that. Uh, yeah, right. Any day. Um, but yeah, so otherwise, things basically dis- descend into madness as you can pretty much predict from the get-go. Because as we said, loaded with tropes. They all get separated. They see visions. They see ghosts. Uh, people start to go mad. The only black guy dies. Um, there's that... Uh, we were talking about this before, but the uh, the guy who's initially... The, the one guy who wears like a bandana and has a neck tattoo who's initially listening to like new metal while... Uh, do you pilot? You don't pilot a boat. You drive a boat. Driving? Huh. Okay, yeah. And while the, the initial guy who's boating the boat... <laughs> he's, he's... he's Yeah, he's, boat, he's boating the boat. Yeah. Let's go with that. He's like the mechanic though, right? And he's the one who is like... As he's like treating the engine like a lady... He's having this weirdly intense conversation with a picture of his car. That was one. That was one thing I wanted to bring up. Yeah, because that, that got me good. Because mm. he, he's he's fixing the engine and he's having this conversation, and then you see that he's talking to a picture frame, and then you're like, oh, okay, maybe it's the whole like talking to a picture of his girlfriend thing, mm. and then you see that he's talking to a picture of a car. Yeah, assumably, it's his car. Assumedly, assumedly, it's his car. I'd hope so. You, you would hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, it's kind of like having a picture of someone else's wife, right? If it was someone else's car. How so? Well, oh. isn't, that, isn't that just equally weird if it was a, someone else's car? Yeah, I suppose so. It, like if I was talking to a picture of your car. Yeah, I'd find that weird. <laughs> would you be upset? I'd be uneasy. <laughs> I, I don't know how I'd feel about that. Yeah, okay. And I, I don't think that this character... I don't think I can handle him with that many layers. Yeah, true. <laughs> He's a man who speaks passionately with a car while repairing boat engines. If I find out that's not his car, <laughs> no, that's that's spin-off material. That's too. There's something else going on there. He's he's been on a ghost ship before and is seriously traumatized. You're right. That would that that's a complex character. That's, too, that's yeah. That's too much. Um, but yeah, that was that, yeah. That is weird. That was a really strange. Thing. I'm not sure if like the only connection was meant to be like he's a mechanic and him working on the engine of a boat isn't con- like communicating to the audience that he's mechanically minded. What will convey that to the audience is like his passion for cars, which everyone ever knows is synonymous with like mm. mechanical handymanship and like I, I just it was very odd. Like it feels like they were trying to bolster that persona with like of course he knows what he's doing he's he has a car (laughs) (laughs) the guy's talking to a picture of a car (laughs) yeah you know like no no lunatic would do that (laughs) if they didn't have the mechanical know-how yeah okay all right i see what you're saying that's where i went with that this is why this works because i'm the dumbass (laughs) and you you bring up all of these like great very very valid points well, jury's out. I think I just go way too deep on that. Sort of like I look at that and I'm like, okay, no, this is this this has to make sense. No, it's alright, man. We're like we're like the original <laughs> odd couple. Yeah, it works. I think it does work. I'm happy with this. It works well. Right. So I think the main. So after, I mean, basically, the real, um, not twist. I mean, I guess it's sort of a twist. Is that um, you know, the sort of par- the pinnacle of this film is finding out like what's going on so they mm. they come across like a, a large amount of gold bars so right there we have like some great incentive for them to like salvage the ship and and at least get the gold off back onto their ship so they can get the fuck out of there and they're going to be super rich and everything like that. and that's great 
Um, at this point, though, we don't know a lot about the person who initially approached them with like information about the ship and, and the picture and that. Uh, I've, I've forgotten what his name is, the actor who, who plays him, but he's from Dexter. That's where I know that guy from. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I so, thought he was... He was um... I noticed him from somewhere. Yeah, he was like, like, you know, like a lot of the people. Like he's like, there. there's a lot of familiar faces in this film. Where you're like, I oh, don't know their name, but I've seen them in something else. And sometimes mm. you can't remember what you've seen them in. Uh, Desmond Harrington, that's his name. Desmond, yeah, great name. Great name. <laughs> um, playing a character named Jack Ferryman. Jack Ferryman. Yeah. Oh, come on. Didn't, didn't realize the last time. I'm not sure if they mentioned that in the movie, but maybe I just wasn't paying attention. No, because I I didn't pick it up either. Yeah, but I'm horrible with names in general, so I no, so am I. I uh, yeah, it wasn't something I paid attention to. But um, the the you know, so Jack is you know, he tells him about the boat. But at this point, he seems just as surprised or shocked and happy that they found gold as everyone or the the salvage crew did. Um, and so they set and plan this motion to just like let's get the gold and get the fuck out of here and like get out of dodge. Um. But of course, tragedy strikes. As it does. And it's at this point that we start to really see... I mean, at this point, we've seen a few supernatural things go on, but like, you know, maybe they're just easily explained away. Like, ah, oh, you know, it's an old ship, things creak and uh, whatever. But until, you know, our, our mechanic friend is murdered in cold ghost blood, if you will, <laughs> by a, a propane gas bottle that turns itself on. Um, and then for some whatever reason it explodes. I never, I didn't quite figure out how how that all worked. But anyway, he dies in an explosion. Their ship is crippled. They're stuck on the ghost ship. They got no radio contact because any method of communication outside the bubble of the film, of course, is like a no no. You can't have people just be able to like text and be like, hey, like come and get me. So they're stuck. Um, and at this point, this is where like the supernatural factor just ramps up. Like weird shit starts happening. We see ghosts. We see uh, Scooby Doo Captain is drinking with the ghost captain and like slowly going insane. Um, the uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Washington uh, Greer, the only black character in yep. the film, of course, yep. um, is obviously you know, cruelly killed by the naked italian ghost woman yeah yeah um but yeah another trope <laughs> the naked italian ghost woman. <laughs> that's right yeah. classic 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 yeah. yeah um but uh so one by one you know people are starting to get picked off right and there's uh there's this dis- disarray amongst the the salvage team they're sort of at each other's throats at this point freaking out they want to get off the boat um and then of course we have um this seemingly out of place montage that's overly stylized and and full of sort of industrial metal music of the story of ghost ship Mm. which young emily browning uh takes um juliana margulies margulies i wish i knew how to pronounce name you nailed it i only ever seen it written (laughs) down um maureen is is the female um member of the the salvage crew and so she gets shown uh, via ghost linkage with young Emily Ghost Browning. vision. Ghost vision. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Um, that there was an elaborate plot to kill everyone on the boat. So all the guests are killed through the, the wire that we see in the opening sequence. Uh, all the food is loaded with rat poison. Uh, and then all the crew is in and out together. And there's like all the, they, you know, they go down to get the gold. Uh, but then they're double cross and they're all killed. And then the person who double crosses these crew, you know, turns around to make out with the hot Italian woman. But then she double crosses him and kills him. And then we see the big twist. Another man comes in and he double crosses the Italian woman <laughs> and she dies rather gruesomely. And we find out that the man who has orchestrated this entire gruesome killing is actually Jack ferryman it's the ferryman the man who came to the salvage crew asking for their help to come and salvage this boat it is the ferryman so very exciting so i gotta say like it was a pretty cool maybe not necessarily like a surprise twist but it was like a it was it's a good twist it's it's decent yeah like cool okay like we're we're, we've finally got something to like work with here yeah like i'm excited about what's going to happen now like i sort of was like i perked up a little bit it's like cool yeah how are they going to do like deal with this because up until this point he's a pretty like you know he's not 
the thing I like about him is that he's not a typical bad guy. Like he's kind of like, you know, um, stays with himself. He's not very argumentative or anything like that. He's yeah. a bit, you know, almost sort of shy and things like that. Uh, but now we realize that he's actually like this must be supernatural sort of evil being. Yeah. So one question I wanted to ask you was who like, like, what do you think he is? Because he keeps talking about he has to meet a quota, right? Yeah. He has so to fill my quota. Because he refers to himself as a salvager as well. Yeah. At the end, like a yeah. salvager of sorts. Or something. He makes some sort of reference to also being like a salvager. But he salvages souls. Mm. Um, and uh, he has to, yeah, he has like management that he has to report to and fill his quota. Like there's weirdly like a lot of business jargon being thrown around here. Yeah. Which was kind of annoying because I would have just liked to have been like, just you can just tell me. Like he's a this, hell man. At this, yeah, yeah. He's. I assume he's like a maybe, yeah, maybe like death sort of like yeah. outsourced to him. And he's like, yeah, I just got. I need like I need souls for whatever reason, or like the devil like yeah. sends out these little people into the world. But I think at the end, towards the end, there he during that speech where he ex- tries to explain who he is, he does make reference to himself being someone who lived a life of sin. And Interesting. I, and I think his like him toiling to collect a number of souls is like his penance mm, to like okay. it's either punishment or it's like a way to like i don't know move out of into the next like into the afterlife or something like that. it's not really yeah clear my my understand well my my thoughts was that he was yeah some like middle manage like hell middle management <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. putting you know, give him you gotta go get x amount of souls and bring him to me and yeah then you, and then you're cool that was my that was my thinking. He's like, um, you know, maybe the fifth or sixth king of hell. Nothing yeah. somewhere in the middle. It would have been nice if they just sort of yeah. gave us something instead of like using like a real world business analogy and just be like, yeah. at this point, I'm pretty happy to just believe anything you say. <laughs> like, I, yeah. you know, I don't think you need to dumb it down for the audience. Like, we've just seen a whole bunch of weird shit happen. Yeah, and I was happy with that. You like, can just tell me, man. Yeah, uh, you just yeah. tell me. It's okay, baby. Don't be scared. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like, I um, the other thing I wanted to bring up um, is so um, Greer. The first time that he sees the picture of the Italian ghost woman, or like the uh, the picture of her as a as a human, yeah. Um, you know the you know the first thing he says is, what nice titties. No, <laughs> oh, does he really? Yeah, <laughs> and that tickled me. That tickled me hard. I thought that was hilarious. Right. Okay. That, that's the first thing you're going to say. Yeah. Nice titties. All right. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, well, I, I, maybe it was just like the way to set him up because that is how he, he dies. Yeah. Doing what he loves. Well, I was going to say, maybe that's just foreshadowing. It's yeah. just foreshadowing. Who says how good? this movie isn't deep? <laughs> yeah. Man, what a film. What a piece of cinema. I would like to point out, though, there was. Actually, now that I think about it, now that we've been talking about it, I've just sort of started to think of a few different things. First of all, I think I might start with this. This is sort of like the the most important one, the salvager. So Jack Ferriman, I'm going I'm to refer to him as the salvager, I think. Or- Ferriman is significant to me. I didn't know his last name before, but when you said it was Ferriman, I was like, nah. Yeah, I didn't realize either. I, I just, just reading it then, I was like, ah, oh, okay, this... Um, in my head, I'm like, oh, the river sticks, yeah. Yeah. the ferryman. Things yeah. are going on. <laughs> All right. Someone's thought about this a little, little bit. But um, what I couldn't f- quite like come to terms with was this guy has been put on Earth in the, I'm assuming, afterlife, based on the, based on the very vague description we get about who he is, to collect souls. He has to fill a quota of souls. And I think there's mention in there that like they need to like do something irredeemable, like they have to commit a sin or something like that mm. before he can claim them. Right. Um, because they, you know that's the whole thing about him putting like the the like the hook sort of scar on people's hands and stuff sometimes. Gotcha. Like, that initial sequence where everyone was backstabbing each other was like that's a sin because they killed people and then he claims them all. Yeah, see, this this is, to me is further evidence that it's some something to do with hell, right? Because he's claiming bad souls. Yeah, I would think so. But then again, when when everything and he's like vanquished at the end. Yeah, I just really wanted to say the word vanquished to be quite <laughs> honest with you. But when when it all like um, when it all concludes, all of the souls go up to heaven. Yeah. So maybe they're not bad. 
I yeah. See that that's the other thing. Well, <laughs> there's so many like problems with that because yeah. first of all, why does he have to stockpile the souls? Like, aren't we, we're in a supernatural situation, right? Like, mm. surely, like he kills someone, his that's the soul is his, and he can just like bloop, like just whatever, send it off to hell or whoever the hell he's sending it to. Uh, but okay, fine. All right, so he needs to like collect. He has to reach the quota of souls before he can like transport the ship. Like the ship itself is maybe his like method of transportation. He has to literally ferry the souls. I have a theory to here. Hell. I have a theory. My my big thing, and I, I you know, before, Sorry, yeah, before yeah, yeah. I come to your theory, my big thing though was someone with this supernatural power that Jack Ferryman has to like lure people in to this ship in the middle of like the ocean and then kill them. Why does he do it so elaborately? Like his superpower doesn't seem to be persuasion or the ability to like kill people. It seems to be to lure people to a boat to kill them using very elaborate slow Rube Goldman machines <laughs> that have been placed and scattered throughout this ship like some sort of wily e. coyote wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Um I've I've got no answer for you there. I think I I think it would just be very boring if it, it was be- just like <laughs> ah I'll cut you, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it would be pretty boring, admittedly, but like yeah. the the logical side of me can't help but think that, like, it would basically just be effectively a film, though, if you were to do it like that. The entire film would be that one sequence from The Shining, where uh, Scatman Carruthers, you know, gets the Shining message, and that he's like, "Oh, they're in trouble," and so yeah, that like, he goes through this huge travel sequence. To be stabbed in the back with an axe immediately and just die. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. That would be the film. The salvage crew would arrive on the ship and they would just drop dead and be like, "Ah, hey, we're done." Totally. Yeah. I, I think that's the answer to a lot of weird things in films. Where you're like, "Why they do that?" And it's like, "Well, it wouldn't be very interesting if they did it another way, would it?" But that's why I like when movies do make the effort to be like, "All right, this is why they can't do that." Mm. Like, this is why that situation is. Yeah. You know. You, I think movies have come a long way since then, you know, like I think there is a lot of effort that goes into explaining those weird things like, oh, well, you couldn't have done that because of blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So my theory with the, um, with the uh, filling the quota is that um, postage to hell is super expensive. Uh, It costs a lot to post a soul to hell. Yeah. But if you get them in bulk, if you get, say, um, you know, 400 souls on a ship... Um, and send them all off in one go. Mm. You're paying a fraction of the price per 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 soul, really, yeah, in terms of postage. Do you think it's like a weight thing or like a quantity thing? Nah, it'd be Perhaps quantity. Or... I think I don't think souls weigh very much. I think it's more of a quantity thing. Yeah, mm. that's reasonable. Yeah, I think so. I think that's fair. Yeah, that's side of the story. I guess it would be nice to know. And you know, hell's still a business. <laughs> that's they, right. Yeah, they got to cut corners like the rest of us. Yeah, business is booming. Yeah. Yeah. The soul's economy, man. The soul's economy. What a fucking grind, you know? Man, where was Jack Ferryman in Waterworld? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bundle. I mean, the name lends itself to Waterworld, you know? <laughs> Wet Mad Max. Wet Mad Max, yeah. 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 All right, let's um, let's hear some sequels. I'm thirsty. I'm fucking jonesing for a sequel, man. Yeah. Okay. Give it to me. I. Uh, or do you want me to go first this time? Yeah, you guys can go. Okay. Yeah. Um, Blow me out of the water before I even I begin. Oh, my, no mine is... <laughs> it's uh, it's fucking it's unhinged, man. <laughs> Good. It's like it's um it's a lot. Okay. Um, and it's not it's not um it's <laughs> it's not like um it's not like Ghost Ship Two. It's kind of like um you don't know it's immediately a sequel. Oh, okay. So you've done like a like a Prometheus thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 It's called. Ghosts on a plane. <laughs> that was sorry. <laughs> when you initially said that, like, yeah, I was expecting you to say something like, you know, spectre dinghy or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh god, no! Ghosts I, on a plane. Okay. My creativity can only reach so far, man. <laughs> it's, there's a limit on this brain, and it's. I've I've maxed it with with fucking ghosts on a plane. I know I'm pumped for this though. If we um, ever do snakes on a plane. It's a, it's oh unfortunate yeah. That that well, see, I've, with this title and with and with with the um, description of the movie that you'll soon hear, yeah. it's very much implied that these movies exist in the same universe. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah cool. Um, 
but before I dive in, I, I, I did want to bring it back to Event Horizon because I was like, what oh. if what if it was Ghost Ship 2 but in space? And I was like, well, that's Event Horizon. Yeah, holy That shit. is exactly Event Horizon. It is too. Yeah. So I think Event Horizon is actually it is the sequel to... Is, was Event Horizon before? Yeah, I think Event Horizon was 97. Yeah, so really right. it was a... Pre- yeah, Ghost Ship's a prequel. So someone, someone watched Event Horizon... So you've you've just made the leap from Ghost Ship to Event Horizon, which is like the logical thing, right? Yeah. Literally, like both linearly in terms of time, yeah, and also just idea wise. Hundred percent. Someone that watched Event Horizon was like, "Wait a second, yeah. <laughs> what well, if it was present day?" I don't want to go. I don't want to go too far into uh, into Event Horizon, but the best thing I heard about that, and I can't remember if it was um, if it was someone just saying what they thought the movie was in like one line or whether it was actually pitched as the idea, but it was like a haunted house in space. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Which is exactly what it is, right? Yeah. And, and I guess that's what Ghost Ship is too. It's just a haunted a haunted house on water. Yeah. Wet haunted house. Wet, yeah. <laughs> it's a haunted house with like motion sickness. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay, so Ghost on a Plane. Um, and this is very much following my, um, you know, what I did for, uh, for, for Waterworld. In terms of just it's like a dot point yeah, summary of the movie. Um, so opening credits in an airport as Samuel L. Jackson rushes to make his flight. <laughs> he's learned nothing from his previous experience. No, nothing at all. Um, he's wearing a beret. Yeah, he's like he's like real world Samuel L. Jackson because I feel like he's, does he I don't, does he ever wear the hat in the movies? I can't remember. I know, but I I already like the idea of it just him being Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. 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 Why not? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's just him. We're two fully grown men. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a full grown man pitching ghosts on a plane. I can do what I want. Yeah. I want Samuel L. Jackson to wear the hat. He's wearing the hat. Done. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as he's scanning his ticket to board, he like moves and, and, and from behind as he walks forward, you see behind him was the guy. Ooh. Jack Ferryman. Jack Ferryman yep. I didn't know his name, so I've just called him the guy throughout. <laughs> yep. um, it wouldn't have taken much effort for me to look it up, but <laughs> here we are. That's okay. It turns out they're seated next to each other, so they start chatting. Mm-hmm. Making small talk, Jackson says he's an air traffic controller. The guy says he's a debt collector, but in a weird, creepy way. And like weird, creepy music plays over the top, so you know that there's like, oh, something weird going like on theremin. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sustained theremin note. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. Cool. So halfway halfway through the flight, as everyone starts to go to sleep, um, the guy goes to the bathroom and he conjures the ghost of a powerful goblin. <laughs> it, I, I, it's unhinged, man. I, I really didn't know where to go with this. Um, but um, but the goblin doesn't kill people. It's kind of like um, the, the Italian ghost woman is that they, they kind of uh, show themselves to people and make them go kind of weird yeah. and like, tell them to do things. Um, so eventually people start just like attacking each other. It's just oh, okay. like chaos on the shit, on the, on the ship plane, mm-hmm. flying ship. The airship. Yeah. Airship. Uh, and it's just, it's chaos. Um, Jackson escapes to uh, a compartment that a bunch of flight attendants are hiding out in. Mm-hmm. He tells them that he's an air traffic controller and that he can help, but it doesn't make any difference. <laughs> and what's an air traffic controller going to do on a plane? <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was, I don't know, it tickled me. I, I yeah no I, that's that seems to be like a thing in movies though as well is like people who just have a very loose attachment to the yeah. goings on yeah yeah hundred percent so that's that's my thinking there yeah um the guy conjures more ghosts while this is happening mm-hmm. and like weird ghosts like the ghosts of like a ferret and like Lemmy from Motorhead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's just a menagerie of just of it. fucked up spirits yeah like it's um it's weird man yeah. Jackson, while he's hiding with the with the flight attendant, sees the guy. He's laughing like a maniac. So he's like, ah, he puts it together. He's up to his old business. Yep. So at this point, Jack, he's had enough. <laughs> well, he, understandably. He stands up and he screams, I've had enough of these motherfucking ghosts <laughs> on this motherfucking plane. The cinema erupts at this point. Of course. Like, you, people are applauding. Yeah. It's $30 it's, boxes of popcorn. Yeah. Airborne. It's almost like they built a movie around a single catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Take that, Kevin Costner. Yeah. So, um, so he picks up a bottle of wine from a meal tray, 
and he hurls it across the cabin and he hits the old mate in the head real good, but he's unscathed, right. thus painting that he is supernatural in, in, in being. Mm. Um, he's somehow captured um, and he's, he's held as a hostage in, um, in the toilet mm-hmm. and they use, um, they make like a suction around his ass on the seat and use like the suction yeah. to hold him in place. Those airplane toilets always terrifying. Oh, they're so fucking scary, man. Yeah. I'm I'm I so when I was a kid, I went to the States and on that flight that was the first time I had been on a plane. I was like eight. Mm. And like no one tells you, no one prepares you. No. No one sits you down at the front and goes, When you flush the toilet, it's fucking heaps loud. Yeah. And it's terrible. Like it sounds like it's gonna suck you out. Yeah. Like yeah, it's seriously. so loud. So I went to the toilet as an innocent year old innocent eight year old child. And flush the toilet and get the fright of my goddamn life, and that, and <laughs> from that point, I would go to the toilet. So I didn't hold anything. I would go, mm. but like I would do everything I did. I'd wash my hands and I'd get myself ready, and then open the door and then flush the toilet and then run. Because <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to be anywhere near that shit. I'm so yeah, literally and figuratively, but I, I like, I love that because I also have got like a similar, it's nice to hear other people have also been traumatized by airplane toilets as a child. Dude, they're so they, scary. They're, the first one scared the shit out of me as yeah. well. Like I still, even to this day, will like fingers and ears and then like flush with my elbow yeah. just to like, I don't know, it just puts me in a safer yeah. place. That's the last thing I do when I leave a toilet. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to be there while that shit's going on. I'm also convinced that airplane toilets have gotten smaller. Yeah. I, like, I know, I have physically gotten bigger. You're a grown adult. I'm a grown adult now. Yeah. But I refuse to believe that that's the dimension change that I'm experiencing. The toilets have gotten smaller. <laughs> that's what's happening. You're probably right. Yeah. I mean, you got to cut costs. I'm. T- yeah. Well, that's right. Just that's- like old mate from hell, man. You got to. Soul trade the it's air, air no trade. No wonder that well, what's you know ferryman's now stuck suction to the toilet. Oh yeah, he's got nowhere else to go. He's oh wait, no, this is there. Jackson. Jackson's suction to the toilet. Oh, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was captured. Oh shit. Okay. They didn't get a hand on ferryman. He's too powerful. He's got so many souls oh. of weird shit, man. Man, Lemmy's running around on the plane. <laughs> is Lemmy a good ghost or a bad ghost? I don't. I. Uh, I think I think the thing with the ghosts in this movie. Is that they're just ghosts? They're not. They're not necessarily bad or good. They're just. Um, nah, that doesn't make any sense. I guess Lemmy's bad. He's a bad ghost. Uh, that makes me sad. I kind of like the idea of it. Like Lemmy's just hanging out because it gives yeah. you the opportunity to like keep the rock music element of the original ghost shit. Yeah. But of course, it's just Ace of Spades, like on loop. Yeah, I, I like the idea of every time Lemmy's on screen, it's just the Ace of Spades. He's, he's blaring. Yeah, yeah. He's playing really loudly. I love that idea. I, I don't know. I had this idea of like the ghosts are just, they just are. Like the ghosts are just their thing. But that doesn't make any sense so in the terms like, of the movie. Is it sort of like in the Ghostbusters, how the ghosts, like, they'll just sort of like run wild. Like they're just like, ah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. That's just like, their nature. Causing chaos and, you know, yeah. because they can. So while Jackson is... is Placed on his suction um, prison, uh, the the guy Ferryman, yeah, he starts going on the spiel about his quota, and he has to get, you know, he has to get his um his quota to to he has to meet his quota. It's the, it's the same spiel, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, ah, okay, yeah, this again. Yep. So he starts like rallying his ghost to like come and take care of Samuel. While he's stuck on the can, <laughs> and um, uh. Jackson pulls out. He's wearing a leather jacket. Of course, of course, of course he is. It's like a duster. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. He pulls out two glowing sticks, like like the air traffic controller sticks. <laughs> <laughs> he starts. He starts directing traffic, which is weirdly, it's the ghost's only weakness. It's like the ghost Achilles heel. Is this why he's suctioned to the? Toilet? Oh yeah. <laughs> they must be directed. If you direct them with with these sticks, they've they've got to do it. They're powerless. Yeah. Um, With these air traffic control yeah. rave sticks makes perfect sense. Yeah, semaphore is their weakness. Yeah, he um, so he directs them to open the door of the cabin. Right, um, and it sucks out the guy, it's ferryman. He's out. Um, I was kind of hoping you were going to say he like he 
pulls out like a shoehorn and loosens himself from the toilet using a shoehorn. <laughs> oh, no, man. As I said, this brain's only got a certain capacity and I've maxed it. I've maxed it out completely. Um, but yeah, he gets, he gets sucked out along with a you know a few collateral passengers. Yeah. Um, Economy class, of course. Yeah, and, and he's gone. Um, and so, so that, that he's defeated, right? But right. now the, the pilot's are dead. Like the pilot and the co-pilot are dead. They've, oh. they've, they've died. So you know what you can do. Sorry, before you go, go ahead there. Jackson could use his his air traffic controller semaphore powers to before they he directs them to open the the door to like suck ferryman out. He could um, have them first prep all the innocent lives by turning the seatbelt sign on. Of course. So everyone buckles up. Yeah. Right there, you've explained how why no one else gets sucked out the door. Oh fuck, that's a great idea. Yeah. Let's we'll add that in. Cool. For sure. Um so uh the, uh, yeah, everyone's every, everyone that's still alive is alerted to the fact that the pilot's dead. They're freaking out. Jackson says it's okay, I'm an air traffic controller and then rushes to the cockpit. No one looks comforted by that statement mm. at all. Um he somehow pulls off a miraculous landing yeah. on a body of water. I said in Sydney Harbour. Oh, yeah. Sort of a Sullenberger, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, a Sully-esque landing mm-hmm. in the harbour. Um, he's done it. He's saved the day. He's being patched up by the paramedics next to the opera house. Yep. Um, so, he's in the he's in the ambulance. Mm-hmm. And then he sees the guy walking into the opera house. He sees, he sees Ferryman. Ah. He's walking into the opera house with a group of primary school kids on like a, on an excursion, on a field trip. Oh. And the cycle continues. Mudvayne plays credits nice. roll. Yes, yeah, I like it. Go ship three, Phantom of the Opera House. <laughs> yeah, I already got another sequel plan for this man. Wow. It's going to be a franchise, like fucking, like just never ending. We might need to come back to that. Yeah, just Phantom of the Opera House. Well done. With yeah, that. thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm more than open to um to sequels of sequels that don't exist. Like, oh yeah, if you can if you can get a series going. I mean, if Fast and Furious can keep wasting our time, like, yeah. why can't we? <laughs> Man, I want to ride this gravy train to the end. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a license to print money. Yeah. Practically. Ferryman just keeps trying different modes of transport to collect souls. Yeah. <laughs> Someone tells him, dude, just just like dig a hole. Yeah. Like, you can't. He starts no, up a, a rideshare service <laughs> and starts collecting souls like that. Perfect. There you go. Oh, shit. I should use that as my idea. <laughs> um, Speaking of. Well, lay it on me. As per last episode, you've you've already outdone me. the The only benefit is that, um, well, actually, no. The benefit is not in my favor this time because <laughs> now everyone's going to like be sitting on that, and oh, man. I'm going to I'm going to drop my two. I'm so my, sorry. My first thing, because I, I got a real thing for like uh, titles, movie titles, particularly like sequel titles, because they they tend to follow. I know they always just sound funny to me. Like no, no matter how serious like a movie is. Oh yeah. So like. I always like to start with a title. Like I sometimes like to start with a title when I'm coming up with this stuff. As per the Waterworld episode, I had just a bunch of crazy titles and I came up with some ideas based on that. Um, my initial thought with Ghost Ship was was just Ghost Ship to Sail Away <laughs> just so we could have that Enya song. Oh, yeah, great. Like I, that, is, that is literally all I had for that idea. <laughs> I just want to hear Sail like Enya. I can see it. I can see it being like a um, like a really violent scene, yeah, and that song playing in the background, like that weird offset, like yeah, I like yeah. That, that sort of juxtaposition, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So if someone can just make that one scene, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's the movie. We, we'll well, you can build a, you can build a movie around it. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we can probably do something. Yeah. I mean, the, that's basically what Ghost Ship did. Yeah. Um, but my I decided to sort of um, maybe I should like have a, a backup in case that wasn't enough. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the, the benefit of Ghost Ship is obviously that, like, it opens, it leaves itself open for a sequel because, as you said, like, mm. we see Ferryman again. He's getting back on the boat. Yeah. And he's got, like, a whole new crew. The crew, which suspiciously kind of looks similar to, like, the salvage crew he was just with as well. I'm not sure if you noticed that. I did, yeah. actually. Right? I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring, I was going to say that it's, like, it's weird that they look like old-timey crew getting onto a n- modern ship. Yeah. Who's going to let them on? Yeah. What do you got in those cases? Bars of gold? Okay, no worries. Maybe they, yeah, well, you know, I guess. As like, you were. Anyone who's wearing a uniform carrying old timey, like, you know, two person bags, I'm not going to get in their way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but 
but yeah, so I decided to sort of like, all right, try to build on that idea. Like he, he you think he's dead. He's not. He's back. He's obviously just going to keep the cycle going. So I decided to go with Ghost Ship 2, Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah. You've got me here. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah. Um, so uh, at the end of Ghost Ship 1, we see all the souls released and they go up. We assume to heaven or they're just whatever. They go off elsewhere. They're free. Um, the salvager, obviously ferryman, this is no good because now he's lost all those sh- all those souls, and he has a quota to fill from management. Classic. Um, so now he's given an ultimatum by management. He needs to now recuperate the number of lost souls plus interest. Oh. Um, or be damned to purgatory for the rest of eternity. Okay. Because I assume that's sort of the the thing they were going for, but I just decided like that's. That was I was happy with that. High stakes. Yeah. Mm. So now he's going to be even more determined to like pull this off. I, I wanted to keep it on a boat though, because I just purely because hell or high water just works for me. Because it's like if he doesn't pull this off, he goes to hell. Mm. But otherwise, he's going to be on like the high seas. Yeah. Famously made of water. Oh yeah, very wet. Very yeah, yeah. very wet. <laughs> so um, yeah, so the idea would be based around like again modern day sort of thing and. Um, uh, because we're left with um, oh, what's her name? Who's who's the one surviving member? Maureen. Maureen. Yeah. Classic so surviving name. We one. bring Maureen back into the mix um, because she's she obviously has to explain herself. Oh yeah. How did you end up in the middle of the ocean? It's like floating on luggage. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like we've got to assume that she's floating for a while. Yeah, and she's spotted by a cruise ship. Yeah. I'm not sure. Well, legitimacy of that. But anyway, so <laughs> she survives. She, you know, tries to communicate this story. They don't really believe her. They think she's a bit crazy. It's a little bit Terminator 2-ish there with that sort mm. of like, ah, it seems a bit far-fetched. Ghost ship, uh, <laughs> beans that turn into maggots. Uh, come on. So <laughs> she's now like, she's just like a wreck. Uh, she's gone through this traumatic experience. She she drinks down at the local like wharf bar or something. I don't know wherever they were in the first one where they were drinking in the bar. And she like you know she won't go back out there you know. But she's trying to like get to the bottom of like what's going on. Cause she saw Ferryman. He's still out there. Mm, she's mm. like hell bent on like stopping him. And I reckon that she you know at some point somehow I don't know how but she eventually like manages to get a crew together of like ragtag seafaring people as you do yep and they get nautical you better, <laughs> they're gonna get nautical man and they're gonna go out there and they somehow track down ferryman and he's got like a new ship um and he's like you know roping in souls and stuff like that and we basically just we, we go through the motions there nice it's about her trying to get revenge on ferryman for like him killing all her friends but also to stop him but obviously he's like you know super motivated now because he doesn't want to spend all eternity in purgatory we, you know, we just uh I like this. Let's see what happens. I like this sequel because it's a plausible sequel. Oh, yeah. So I like how we offset each other and that I've just come up with some fucking unhinged vomit. <laughs> no, I see the merging of two universes. That to me, that's why I'm in this business. Yeah, <laughs> to me it works. Yeah, I'm for it. Those two movies could exist on the same plane. The fact that you not only merge uh, Ghost Ship with Snakes on a Plane, and also bring back Samuel Jackson, mm. but Samuel Jackson is now Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, in yeah. that universe. Yeah, he just plays himself, man, in a weird situation. Well, he should be himself in more situations. Oh, I 100 percent agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, that feels like a good place, a, a good a place as any to uh, to sign off. Yeah, but um, that was fun. That was great. Yeah, and Ghost Ship is a great watch, and I I I think I'll definitely be watching it again. Yeah, I mean, give it a go. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 worth your time. Some say it has virtually no redeeming qualities. <laughs> to them, I say they've only seen Ghost Ship; they haven't experienced Ghost Ship. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I I can get down with that, baby. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for tuning in once again. Um, so last time I said that if you if if you lovely listeners have some uh, some sequel ideas of your own for Ghost Ship or for Waterworld, um, please send them in. Um, I have 
set up an email address now so that we can we can <laughs> receive them. We're on the grid, baby. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> I didn't have any of that before, and I didn't think it through before I said anything. So <laughs> it just became an awkward like, oh, you'll find us. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, I've we've we've got an email now. It's called um, the Motion Picture Picture being P I T C H E R podcast at gmail.com send us your your pictures and we'll um, and we'll read out the best ones um, at the end of each episode so um, love to get you guys involved Um, it'll be a fun time yeah cool we'll see you next time oh yeah cheers